Hello, friends, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage Podcast. As always, we are here at the microphone, and we are going to talk about marriage, but also about just whatever you know. It's me, Matthew, and here's James. He's making quite an entrance, let me tell you. I got my boa. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a snake, though, right? Constrictor. Okay. I'm killed. You're like, what's her name from um, uh, from Blade Runner? What's her name? Daryl Hannah. Nope. That is somebody, though. That Daryl Hannah is somebody. And in fact, she was in Blade Runner. Is so she? kudos oh, to you. I think she actually does have a snake in Blade Runner. She has a stripe and she does a cartwheel, I think. Yeah, that's right. Like it's... a gremlin. She has a stripe and she does a cartwheel. Someone else has got a snake. And she says... Yum, yum. No, like that's the not. sex gremlin. Do you remember the sex gremlin? It wore a wig and it yeah, made love no, it to the doctor from Voyager. No, you're right. It Why was... do I think Vincent Price was in Gremlins? Gremlins Two, of course. Gremlins Two: The New Batch is yeah. a cavalcade of holiday Hollywood heroes. Yeah, uh, no holiday heroes. <laughs> yeah, holiday, well, it, it, they're all set during the holidays, are they not? Should I screen Gremlins for my Vernon Wells Movie Planet screening? For Christmas? for Christmas? Sure. It's a, it's in Alonzo Duralde's Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas. I did show... Last year I showed um, Batman Returns. Sure, which is my favorite Christmas movie. It's the best Christmas movie. Yet. There are two... There are two... Here's, here's the correct progression for holiday movies. Mm-hmm. First, Adam's Family for Halloween. Sure. Adam's Family 2 for, for Thanksgiving. Because it is a Thanksgiving movie. Batman Returns for Christmas. That is the correct progression. Yes. I agree. Now, it, it is it is a bit cliche. You're, you're sort of, you're in the hot topic cliche to say, uh, oh, Batman Returns is my favorite Christmas movie. Arr, because, uh, ooh, mistletoe can be deadly if you fuck it. And <laughs> that's true, because you might get a rash. <laughs> sure. You don't want that. A uh, deadly rash. I bet mistletoe would not be a comfortable thing to have sex on. Oh, think about if your toes were missiles and you were Kim Jong-un lying in the tub giving your <laughs> ass a scrub and then you, you wiggle your toes erotically at your neighbor, uh, South Korea, and oh no, the missiles have gone off, the rocket's red glare, I'm bursting in my pants, and that is uh, how the world ends, not with a bang, but with a twinkle of the toes. I wasn't listening to what you were just saying. What? Because I was thinking about, do you remember when we were first when we first met each other no you sent me some email i sent you something about going to hot topic and what i sent you an email about how i went to hot topic and you said you yes this is 100 percent true okay and you sent me back an email about how you thought somebody should open a store called hot, hot tapioca nope Absolutely not. That was one of your jokes from college. It never came from me in any form whatsoever. Hot tapioca was your joke. You are Liz crotting me right now. No. This is like when you said that you that, that your friend Liz dragged you to a furry convention because uh, she was writing a script and you didn't want to go, but she insisted that you go. You are Liz crotting me? Uh, hot tapioca was your joke. It was never funny. And <laughs> it's back, baby. James. What? I 100% am sure that Hot Tapioca was yours. Matthew, you won a storytelling competition telling your lie about Liz. (laughs) I did. That you were convinced was true. I did, so it's not wrong. (laughs) Fair enough. Hot Tapioca, you have been telling this joke for years, 
But this is the first time because... you've attributed it to me, and I must protest because it was not me. It was. It was 100% it was you. not me. Because you sent me an email about how you were sleeping on couches with some of the girls that you knew at the time. There was Becky and Jenna, and You're I don't making know if these Kate women up involved, but you were visiting them in Boston, yes. and you wrote at the end of your email about them, bitches be crazy. I didn't write that. You 100% I wouldn't write did. that about I remember the beautiful vividly, flower of femininity. Vividly being in the computer lab at that summer camp where I was working and getting that email from you and thinking how funny it was that you had just come up with hot tapioca. You are... Wait, are you saying that in relation to the women? Also, that summer I was not sleeping on couches with women. So you are telling you, fibs. Because if, that, if it was that summer, then that's a very different summer. It was the summer prior to that summer. Yes. Before we had that apartment. Yes. It was the first time that I worked at the summer camp, because I worked there two years. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. You. Oh, so now who's the forgetting? No, no, you did work there two summers. But the first one, I didn't really know you. All I had done is played Final Fantasy VIII in your room. I know, and I thought you were so cool because... I thought you were so cool because of all the puppets that you made and the video games that you could play and the jokes that you came up with. Oh, but I certainly wasn't emailing with you, no. You absolutely 100% were. I have corresponded with the Herman. Yes, because we were emailing about the children's television project. Uh, No, no. Mm -hmm. Not that. That's a lie. No, I I can tell by the tone of your voice that you know that you're wrong. I know that you (laughs) did attend a summer program. I know that that summer I did sleep on the couches of women it's true mm-hmm. um i know that i constructed a puppet or two i picked a pocket or two uh but i do not co-sign on hot tapioca all right it'll have to be one of those mysteries the mystery Un- of tapioca unless i was describing the feeling of the inside of your butt okay well you were not familiar with that at that time so. well we uh, this is we some, can speculate. This is some marple scenario. Is it? It's a I true almost, mystery. I almost called it a marple Poirot. That's a great it's a marple, portmanteau. It's a marple heart Hercule. Well, sure. A portmanteau of marble and Poirot. <laughs> a rhyme to rally the vagina. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a time when I just thought you were really cool. <laughs> Like Fonzie mm-hmm. with hot tapioca. Wait, so you're saying that hot tapioca was the thing that you thought was very cool, Daddy O? Yeah. Do, were you, oh, okay. Cool, Daddy. This is your this is your song for so many different things. Spread your legs, Mama. Okay, yeah, now it's getting back to the sex song. It's jazz. Ooh, got my boa. I got my fan. Okay, your fan is a trombone. At first, it was the James Bond trombone. I haven't got the range. Anyway, what have we been up to? We've been... uh, You skipped a week. Why? Uh, Yes, we did skip a week because uh, we had some busy times and things that we were working on. Weren't you in... Was that when you were in Philadelphia, cream cheese? Yes, Well, why don't you tell everybody about that? That's way more interesting than whatever bullshit I've got to say. Uh, Well, you let me know if you have another joke about tapioca coming up. So, I was in Philadelphia for the National Gay and Lesbian Journalist Association. Mm. It was lovely. I saw Terry Gross do a little talk there. She said that uh, if she had her druthers, there would be a lot more folk music on the show, which I'm like, yeah, Terry, I can can tell what you like. Mm. Uh, I met Ari... 
gross. Oh, grandma's feet. Nope. They smell like meat. Ari Shapiro. I want to munch her seat. I see where granny sits and it makes me feel my tits. Oh, granny's feet are the feet for me. Feed me feet. I don't know what that was. It was folk music. Oh, that's what you think folk music is? Sure. Either that or in the middle of the earth, in the land of the Shire, there's music. a brave little hobbit that we all admire. What was James? What's the name of the genre that um, I've got a brand new combine harvester is? What's its name? It's Megley Wegley. Who's, what's her name? Is the name of that genre? It is not. What's her name? No, it's it's Harvard Harvard Scrumpy. That's close, right? You're not. You're surprisingly in the ballpark. Scrumptious Westerns. Oh, okay. Wow. This you remember. Yep, yep. The name of this musical genre. Yep. uh, Scrumpy and Western. But uh, earlier today, you couldn't remember the name Meryl Streep, but you can remember Scrumpy and Western. Yep. Okay. (laughs) James, don't tell me Scrumpy Western is not a a memorable name for Sure. I've got a brand new combine harvester. I guess Meryl is a memorable name, too. Anyway, the point is... Merrily, we roll along. In Philadelphia, I ate 8,000 pounds of... Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, time to make the donuts. And time to eat the donuts. Mm. I had a lovely time. Uh, By that, do you mean men's asses? Yep. That's what I call men's asses, donuts. Mm -hmm. When I see a man at the gym doing squats, I say, ooh. Time time to to, eat the donuts. Time to plump up your donut hole. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, sometimes you get munchkins. Yep. Right in the butt. That's where they come from. Mm-hmm. I pour a little a little frosting on the ass oh. of the man who's doing squats. He doesn't know what's happening. He loves it. I'll give it a little lick. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I've been asked to leave a lot of gyms. Sure. And then Dorothy Gale goes, oh, you munchkins. Ooh. Was she? Oh, yes. Munchkins. I see. Mm. Uh, what else did I do in Philadelphia? Ooh. That's what she sounded like in the movie. I had a steak. What kind of steak? A cheesesteak. Oh, the famous Philadelphia fuckery. Yes, indeed. Yes. Not good. No? Not, not good. Tell me no. more. Well, you're lactose intolerant, so that sounds like a, a dreadful thing well, for you. Well, it, it was a little stressful, because mm. I don't want to have an incident. And why did you have it? Because I was with somebody, and he's like, oh, well, you are got to try one of these while you're here. You, you got to. And then and here's what you say. You put your hand on their knee, and you lean forward, and you say, I would love to join you for a cheesesteak, but I will literally shit my pants. <laughs> And that's all you have to say. I, I don't suppose, think I don't think anyone would force you to would pressure you into eating the cheesesteak at that point. I don't. What if this guy was like? That's, oh, that's what if his he was donut like, fantasy. I know. Okay, yes, yes, correct. He likes a, a chocolate glazed donut. Uh, anyway, so what else? I do. I had a lot of professional networking and talked to mm. some of my colleagues who generally I only get to interact with via email. So it was sure. nice to have some face to face. I was also uh, asked to assume a leadership position with the Seattle chapter of the NLGJA or Negligé. So that's going to which come stands down the for pipe. National Lesbian and Gay Journalists Association. Oh my. I did a panel on podcasting with my friends from uh, Nancy, the Mm. podcast, uh, Slate, which produces some podcasts, although no queer ones. But the woman who produces all those podcasts, June Thomas, is herself a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason DeRose, who's a prominent NPR producer, was there. Stemming DeRose. And we had Eric Marcus, who makes the Making Gay History podcast. He was on the panel. He was lovely. Mm -hmm. Nice people. Did you use this as an example of what not to do? We, you know, it was raised, Jason said... uh, would you like to talk about defining marriage? And I yep. was like, no, I would not. <laughs> uh, you know, there are people who are there to get useful information. Yes. And I don't know how much useful information there is to be derived from this podcast. If you want to hear an audiobook, the first uh, humpteen episodes are... 16. There you go. Are a lovely audiobook. And then there's this. 
And then there's Maud. Maud. Anyway, so yeah, so I had a lovely time at the Negligé. Um, there were some other really great panels about uh, being a freelancer and about writing and mm. all kinds of stuff. Uh, and of course, there were interesting appetizers at some of the social events. Do you mean Twinks? Oh, uh, it was not a particularly twinky event. I would say the median age of uh, journalism professionals is uh, increasing over time. Sure. Uh, but uh, there were a few youngsters there, a few J-school students. Oh, uh, mm. does uh, J-school stand for... Uh, jerk school, that's what it stands that, for. Yes. yes, okay, very nice. Yes, I'm, I'm the dean of the jerk school. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so now I'm back, baby. Oh, I also stayed in a nice Airbnb in Chinatown. Oh. So that was a pleasant place to stay. Although I will say, walking back, I might have felt a little intimidated if I was, like, a small lady walking under cover of night. If you were Terry Gross. Yeah, if I was Terry Gross, I'd have been like, help. Uh, Because it was, like, you know, 11 p.m. or so when I was Mm -hmm. leaving some of these, like, mixers. And I'm walking down the street by myself, and there's just shadowy figures in the (laughs) park. No, there weren't. What do you mean, shadowy figures? There were. There were people, like, literally, this was a street with no streetlights. And there were people just standing... In the shadows of the buildings, just kind of hanging out. Because Do you mean like at the end of Ghost, when the when the shadows rise up to take the man to hell? It, <laughs> I suppose it was kind of like that. Sure, yes. yes you know the end of like Ghost. That. I do. Whoopi Goldberg makes love to Demi Moore. Here's what I want. I want something that happens after the end of Ghost. Sure. When the police show up and they're like, yeah. what happened here? And they have to explain it. There are, we've discussed this, there are so many movies that end with like, but wait, what was the next day? Because everybody's life is fucked at this point. Like, clearly Whoopi's <laughs> going to be accused of murder like there's a lot of and embezzlement yes there's a lot or fraud or whatever it was everybody involved is going to come to a bad end after patrick swayze spoiler goes to heaven yeah but at least uh, the oh mad bomb it's whoopee she's gonna squeeze your boob do you know whoopee goldberg uh lobbied to get the role of princess buttercup in the princess bride that would have been fascinating. Wouldn't that have been great? Sure. Oh, my God. Sure. That would have been so good. Also, the role that went to Andre the She Giant, would have been pretty funny. She would have, she would have, she would have had, like, even if right. they didn't change the script very much, just the way she played it Her would have looks. been, yeah, it would have been good. Mm-hmm. It would have been good. Yeah. So, Andre the Giant was also going to be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but also that Kareem, I'm less sold on. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm, no. Nah, okay, no. but but an airplane? But in Airplane, the joke in Airplane is that he's literally Kareem (laughs) Abdul-Jabbar, and at the time they were putting sports figures into disaster movies, and the joke of Mm -hmm. Airplane is that they couldn't act. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, not that Andre the Giant is the greatest Shakespeare of his generation, but I think the accent and just the tone of his voice, there's a bunch of things. Like, I don't think the same, like, oh, isn't it funny that he can't act would work in The Princess Bride. Okay. There's a lot to forgive. Like, you can forgive a lot of Andre the Giant's performance, in part because may he rest in peace. Let's not speak ill of the dead giants, lest they, their, they their rise. enormous skeletons rise up to crunch our bones. But, um, I, yeah, I think that the fact that he doesn't speak perfect English and that he's clearly this, this literal giant um, goes, goes a long way. I think if it was just a tall guy who can't act... Mm, not so good. Schwarzenegger has a certain appeal, but I honestly think he's too charismatic. Uh, you know, that's so funny. I was just about to say he has a weird charisma that he, he like, a, no one else could. He has a very weird charisma that has always worked. And I think it's almost like you like him almost too much. Um, you know who else was up for that role? Who? Liam Neeson. Well, no. <laughs> no, 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 yep. no. Yep. I read that and I was like, what? Sure. Uh, 
Is he going to do like a monologue from King Lear? Because he's like he's, he's I, the wrong person in so many ways. So he's like six foot something. He's and, tall. Yeah, and yeah. so apparently, like according to this thing that I read, Rob Reiner was like six foot four. No, yeah. too short. Well, sure. I mean, for a literal is. giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of like sort of tall. Right, and he's also he's just got like gravitas that doesn't yeah. work. I know that line like you are the brute squad. Yes, that would not work if it was Liam Neeson. Would anybody like a peanut? <laughs> Could I interest you in a peanut? Hmm? He would make you cry. Uh, sure. Like he did in uh, Taken. Mm. Uh, if you touch my daughter, I'll make you cry. Anyway, so that's the Princess Bride update. <laughs> uh, Wait, the what? Week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was written because William Goldman's daughters, one asked for a story about a princess and the other asked for a story about a bride. Well, there you go. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what I was up to in Philadelphia. Uh, I, uh, I bet they didn't like what they got. Oh, I know. I wonder. I wonder. The, the book, The Princess Bride, if you've only seen the movie, which is a great movie, I recommend reading the book because it is a different take. There is a whole meta narrative about it being a, a long lost story by S. Morgenstern that uh, was recently unearthed. And there's this, it's, it's a, there's a whole interesting meta narrative. Um, it's a, it's a joke. It's not real. It's a joke, you idiots. Uh, but it's, um, it, it that's entertaining and they also go into more detail about like buttercup and mm. some of the characters that don't get as much screen time because a movie is a movie it's a bit like the never-ending story in that respect isn't it well sure um it, it also an unfilmed alternate ending that they were considering mm-hmm. was um columbo leaves sure. and uh, <laughs> the kid from um little monsters is just sitting in the in the bed mm-hmm. flipping through the book and then he hears a noise outside his window and he looks outside his window and it's wesley and buttercup and everybody and they're like like, come with us on another adventure. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And then Columbo comes in. He's like, and another thing. Oh, I just remembered. Oh, where the fuck's the kid? Oh, no. He's been absconded out the window. to Fantasyland. He hated this story so much. He took himself out the window and now he's dead. Here's the thing. I read that and I was like, oh, boy, that's awful. Sure. And then I was like, that is also kind of the end of Labyrinth. Oh, it's literally what Labyrinth did. Yeah. And it, it, I think it's one of the weaker parts. Of- Here Now it's time for let's criticize the dead. Uh, Jim Henson, you fool. Uh, having all the creatures come back at the end like that. Uh, I completely blame uh, George that oh uh, yeah, that is, that sure. feels very george to me that actually could be yeah that and the fire monsters the fireies well in the farting swamp oh god oh. well i don't know he he may not have made the swamp fart but he I, might have you know of anyone who was involved in that creative team because mm. that was another that was george lucas I, steven spielberg sure. and jim henson sure. and and david bowie of course well uh, yeah, naturally naturally the dead we we love to mock the dead yeah yeah um george is the only one who lives how do you like that well no oh steven spielberg's still yeah. alive <laughs> jennifer connelly's doing all right as far as we know yeah i suppose not her nose in, uh, that what? made that rest in peace what happened to her nose it turned into a different nose oh well all right sure i think I, or maybe what, i'm thinking like a about pig snout yes that's right yes she was enchanted although now that i think about it maybe i'm thinking of jennifer gray is that a person is jennifer gray or jennifer Connolly the one in labyrinth i think it's jennifer Connolly. but there was also the one who was having the time of her life and i think her nose died and turned into a different nose uh, what actors? Sure, I understand. <laughs> Siri is confused by this conversation. Uh, so I tried to ask what actors are in Labyrinth, uh-huh. and all she heard was you singing. Uh, it says different nose. She please heard different ca- nose. Please screen cap that. <laughs> Siri heard different nose, and she didn't understand the conversation. <sighs> yeah. Um, I, who are the actors in Labyrinth? Heaven, time of my Which nose. Labyrinth? Which Labyrinth? <laughs> Labyrinth features David Bowie, Jennifer Connelly, 
Toby Froud and others. Yeah, I Isn't know. Isn't that funny that it credits Jennifer Connelly, Toby Froud, and others? And others, sure. Now, riddle me. Well, most of them are rubber suits. What about uh, the having the time of the life, though? What about the dirty dancing? Is that I, the know, same I've Jennifer? I've never seen it. Well, Wait, is that the one with John Lithgow? The, no, it's well, no, it's got the ghost. John Lithgow's the other one. He puts on his Sundance shoes. Does he? Well, he he doesn't, but he wants to take the shoes away. That's right. No, that's the one about the kids who are causing all the problems, and 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 uh, John Lithgow has to like is the hero. Is the hero has to yeah. get things under control in the town? Absolutely. Who's in the movie Dirty Feet? I forgot the name <laughs> of it. What? Okay, don't what did even she bother say? With no, what did she say? I I, I, I canceled. The oh, request. I wanted to know who was in Dirty Feet. I forgot. The, I, I don't know. A pig. It's just all pigs. Who starred in Dirty Feet? Are you holding my You'll phone? You need up? to unlock your iPhone first. She won't tell me. <laughs> it's a great mystery, James. She has to protect this information at all costs. Here are some images of who starred in Dirty Feet I found on the web. James, oh my! They're just pictures of Dirty Feet. feet. Siri has just served up images of Dirty Feet. Yeah, great. Thank you, James. I think she's just horny. Wait, but who starred in Dirty Dancing? Well, that's going to be the other. Dancing? That's going to be the other one, right? It was a different nose. Jerry Orbach? Sure. It was a different nose. It was not the nose Okay, I was picturing. Your nose didn't know. The nose has died and gone to the same place where falsehoods like hot tapioca went. Uh, I just had a concern that we're not recording any of this and we're just chattering at each other. Oh, God. Oh, God. Nope, nope. We're recording. It's fine. (laughs) Anyway, we should talk about marriage a little bit. Why? Uh, Utah. Okay. So no, I'm, Utah. <laughs> um, okay, from from the comedic genius who brought us tapioca. <laughs> so uh, there's a court challenge there to a law in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, gays there cannot enter surrogacy uh, arrangements okay. uh, because the law requires that a married couple who is using a surrogate has to prove that the mother is incapable of carrying a child. Well, I mean, uh, many a gay male couple could prove that. I would think so. Mm. And yet, this couple tried to enter into a surrogacy agreement, and it was rejected. Sure. No, I mean, it's a problem for the for the oh, <laughs> the fairer sex, because they uh, presumably could mm-hmm. if they chose. But, uh, you know, it's, that may or may not be their choice. Now, this law seems uh, bananas. Yes, why, why, it's bonkers. What, is, that, what like, does this oh, law do? You can't have a surrogate uh, unless you're infertile? Yeah. Like, that's what the law does. Like, oh, well, we don't think you should be able to use a surrogate if you are capable of reproducing. Sure. What? I mean, Why? Uh, Who cares? I mean, clearly this is a law that's maybe meant to discriminate against same-sex couples. Probably. But, I mean, I think it also then creates other, like, issues just with reproductive choices. For instance, you know, there there may be many legitimate reasons why a woman who, who could become pregnant yeah, would choose not health to. Issues. Yeah, I mean, there could be a lot of family history. Uh, there could be just health issues with her particular body, some injury she's had at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have, uh, I mean, all sorts of issues with... Um, you know, there are various things that, that that can happen in that whole ram's head situation. I know it spooks you, but... The only thing that I can think of, like, legitimately is that maybe it's something designed to discourage um, people being taken advantage of sexually, but I can't even imagine, like, what? like human trafficking, like people being used... People as like incubators? As incubators. I don't know how this law helps stops that. that. Yeah, no, no. It, it really doesn't. It just reduces demand, I guess, a little, a tiny, tiny, by making it more inconvenient. Mm, I mean, uh, it, it seems 
I, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know what I'm the stretching. intent was behind it, but it seems like not only does it punish same-sex couples, but it punishes uh, women yeah. who want to make reproductive choices based on information about their health history, their family history. Sure. And women who want to serve as surrogates. Sure. Women who want to serve as surrogates. Um, Makes it harder for them to protect their rights. Sure. Uh, anyway, so the it, whole thing it, is just it, It's a weird law, and I'm not sure who it's meant to protect. I mean... Men, I guess I we guess. can look it up, yeah. but we I mean, won't. It's just uh, men trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. So anyway, so there's a same-sex couple that's challenging that law, and they will get sure. a hearing soon because they wanted to have kids, and they weren't able to enter this. I mean, mm. they could use a surrogate, but they couldn't. Apparently, the way it works in Utah is you have to petition the court for an agreement, and the court rejected their petition. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Weird, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you just can't have an agreement. That well, yeah, I mean, I understand wanting to have a legal agreement in place. Um, and I understand a state wanting to make sure that a legal agreement is in place because you don't want like a whole, like, like families getting torn apart by a surrogacy agreement that either like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the woman who carried the child, um, yeah. then decides she wants to keep it or the, the, couple that said they'd pay for the surrogate's medical bills then decides not to like oh we changed our mind oopsie daisy mm-hmm. um i can totally understand wanting to have agreements in place uh that protect not just the people involved but just the state from very complicated and unpleasant cases yep uh yeah. but the court saying like oh there's no mother i guess would have been their argument yeah Okay, uh, I mean, then clearly that's just discriminating. Stupid. Yeah, okay. 100%. So anyway, cool, cool, so cool. They're, they're challenging that, and we'll see. Sure. We'll see how that goes. Uh, what else happened in marriage equality news? Well, we've got some uh, somber news. Edie Windsor passed away this past week. I saw that. Now, who yes. was she? So Edie was uh, one of the people who helped bring about marriage equality in the U.S. Uh, she was married in Canada to her wife, Thea, I believe was her name, mm-hmm. or Thea. Uh, And when uh, her wife passed away, the government did not recognize that marriage. And so Edie sued the federal government with the help of a lot of organizations and uh, was able, because she was very wealthy and was able to do that. uh, And uh, she was able to get a ruling in her favor that helped overturn the Defense of Marriage Act and also provided a bit of a template for the ruling that came two years later uh, that uh, eventually brought marriage equality nationwide. Sure. And with uh, DOMA being challenged by that case and eventually the the significant parts of it being struck down, um, it, a precedent being established that significant parts of DOMA were struck down, didn't the federal government then move forward with extending marriage rights, um, even yeah. though it wasn't a nationwide uh, thing? Yes. The government and government employees um, started getting marriage benefits pretty much right after that, right? Well, to the extent that they could. So sure. it's important to, dis- to be um, descriptive about what type of government we're talking about. Yeah. So the federal government is not in the business of recognizing marriages. Mm -hmm. States recognize marriage, and then the federal government says, okay, the state says you're married, so we're going to treat you this way. Right. So if previously, before Edie Windsor, if a state said these two people are married, the federal government had to say, no, they're not. Mm -hmm. But after Edie's case was decided, federal government could say, oh, yeah, sure, the state says they're married, so they're married. And so that was the big change. You right. still couldn't get married in, say, you know, Kentucky or, or no, Wyoming. No, obviously, yeah. It didn't strike down the marriage bans or allow people to marry in states where they couldn't. But at least in terms of, like, federal employment, yes. uh, the Obama administration moved very quickly, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And to, taxes and all kinds of things. Yeah, to in as much as they could to have the, the federal employer recognize marriages. 
Yes, yes. There are a lot of there are a lot of changes in what was recognized, and a lot of things to figure out too. But uh, well, and that also was sort of a forcing mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. That now you had um, the government recognizing marriages that some states didn't, and some states recognizing marriages that you know the other states didn't, and that really did call require some kind of nationwide solution, right. um, just to sort of bring some kind of order to the the chaos. Right. That is what led directly to Obergefell, which was two years later. The case that uh, it was. Uh, Similarly, a couple that got married in one state and wasn't recognized in another state, and so they had sued sued Ohio, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them passed away. While you know, similarly, one of them passed away, and uh, the Supreme Court ruled, "Oh no, wait, due process and equal protection applies here, and you can't have one set of laws. There's no overriding, you know, governmental interest in in having this distinction." So it was Edie's. Edie sort of paved the way, uh, and so uh, Hillary Clinton spoke at her funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, she delivered a uh, eulogy at the memorial service. Did she sing Hallelujah on a piano? <laughs> Jeez, that would have been something, wouldn't it? Sure. Um, she said uh, she quoted a Midsummer Night's Dream, the line, "And though she be little, she is fierce." Mm-hmm. Uh, she said of Edie, "It's easy to grow weary fighting these fights, but remember Edie Windsor, who took on and won against the U.S. government. She pushed us all to be better, stand taller, dream bigger." Mm-hmm. That's really lovely. Uh, it is lovely. Yeah. She's uh, a figure that ought to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is not uh, there is not much uh, queer history. I mean, there is, but there isn't a lot that is accessible to a lot of people in the in the mainstream. It's not really taught in schools. There isn't as much uh, mythologizing uh, of queer history as there has been for other aspects of American history. And along with Harvey Milk, it seems like Edie Windsor holds a, a special place yeah. in terms of, of moving things forward. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge, huge role. Uh, and speaking of moving things forward, uh, there were a lot of really cute pictures of cats and dogs in Australia this week. Okay. Uh, Getting married to each other? Yep. That's what, uh, yeah. that's what we're voting on. Sure. Um, no, uh, there was a big rally for marriage equality and people posted a lot of lovely pictures of cats and dogs at the protests and rallies and various rainbow arrangements. Uh, oh, okay. I so, didn't realize... The, what? Why? So I'm are, just going to show you a picture. Oh, that is very nice. Yes. Okay. Describe what you're looking at. I'm looking at... Well, so I don't have my glasses on. So what I'm seeing <laughs> is a, a, a smear of colors. Mm-hmm. It says, Equal Rights for Gay Cats. And it looks like a bag of wigs with some heads poking out of them. Kind of. Uh, it looks like uh, a man in a Chewbacca suit wearing a cat mask with his eyes closed in front of a bunch of rainbow boas. And he's in one of those... Uh, carts that you take to the grocery store if you want to slow everyone else down. Why would it be more plausible to you that it is a tiny man in a Chewbacca costume than a cat Uh in a basket that says equal marriage for gay cats? Look, I don't want to make any assumptions about the cat's gender, about the cat's Species? uh, species. I will... Although I called it a tiny man, so I'm already making Mm -hmm. a few assessments about its size and its gender and its species. So uh, I rescind everything except that I never said hot tapioca. Uh, There's also a fairy lights campaign underway in Australia. So fairy lights is what they call Christmas lights. Okay. And so uh, the campaign is just to spell out the word yes in fairy lights to indicate that you want everyone to vote yes. That seems nice. That's that a nice does way seem to do nice. That. Yeah. Uh, the vote by mail scheme has been pretty disastrous and messy. Mm, sure. Uh, there have been a lot of people boasting about voting multiple times. Oh. Uh, mm. Like if somebody, you know, just moved and didn't update their address, like. Yeah. 
a lot of people are getting ballots intended for previous occupants. Sure. And so people are like posting on social media, haha, I just voted seven times. Oh, what, uh, what, seven previous occupants. Yikes. Yeah. So, um, what's that, going on at that house? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of turnover. Chomp. Uh, so it's not considered uh, a voting fraud because it's not, it's not voting. A vote, right. Yeah. Uh, it is considered mail tampering okay. uh, to open somebody else's mail. But I guess if it arrived open, you're welcome to, to vote. But there's also a $2,100 fine for misleading a statistician. Uh, okay. So don't mislead any statisticians. No. Well, I'm going to have to be very careful then the next time I'm spinning my web of lies. <laughs> yes. Oh, and speaking of misleading and, and webs of lies. Yes. Uh, this week, uh, Guy Barnett, the Minister of Resources, Building and Construction and Acting Minister for Corrections. That's what you shout when you drop a bowling ball on your toe. Guy Barnett! <laughs> oh, Guy Barnett, I dropped it on my toe! Oh, Grandma's feet are good to eat. They smell like meat. It's faux music. So Guy Barnett says that if marriage equality happens, quote, schools will be obliged to teach gay and lesbian sexual activity in the classroom. Okay. No, they won't. You I mean, I don't wrong. know why that's whatever, like, what? What? I, like, I don't, like, I get that it's spooky. Oh, no, my child will hear about bum-bum sex. But why do but they think? Why do they think that marriage, like, directly leads to, like, kindergartners being sat down and shown pictures of asses and, like, you know, a, a, a big hairy man licking them? <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to read to you from a flyer that anonymously went into a lot of mailboxes. Mm -hmm. Horrible. No! Yeah. <laughs> you like it already? Sure. Horrible. Mm -hmm. Sex reassignment surgery will go into Australian campus. Uh-huh. Uh, so this was a flyer against marriage equality. What does this have to do with marriage? Uh, here's another quote from the flyer. The true intention of the homosexual organization is not simply for a marriage certificate, but it's intending to be protected by law to permeate into schools, to pursue their wild ambitions, to transform teenagers' gene and cut off humans' generation, yeah! to transform our next generation to sex-changed race like them. What? Some homosexual organizations are called cutting off genitals terrorists because no. they covet teenagers' genitals earnestly. <laughs> to do what with them? I don't so know. You cut them off and you do what? Just having a collection, I guess. Okay, sure. I, I guess you could make like a little elephant trunk man and be like, oh, Mr. Snuffleupagus. Uh, sure, out of penises? Yep, you could yep. be the snuffle, uh, snuffle penigus. Uh, yeah, so we're I never said hot tapioca. Covering genitals earnestly. Uh, so clearly that reads like Dr. Bronner's soap, mm -hmm. which always is a red flag for me, although I'm sure the soap people are lovely. Uh, it, sure. I mean, I hope most people recognize that that's bananas, but I've been around enough Twitter and Facebook at this point mm. that, uh, it seems some people read things like that and like that seems way more legitimate than oh, yeah, yeah, just a legitimate person being like, uh, no. Uh, last bananas thing I'm going to read to you is from Tennis Lady Margaret Court. Tennis Lady? That's her name. No, her name is not Tennis Lady. Oh. Her name is Margaret Court. Oh. Her title is Tennis Lady that her I've title. just given her. Oh, okay. She's like a tennis star. Well, I don't Look, I don't know what the aristocracy is like in Australia. They could have a tennis lady. She says, if marriage equality happens, there will be no Mother's Day, there will be no Father's Day, there will be no Easter, there will be no Christmas. Okay, so it's, she's literally making the Grinch argument. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. That's, I guess that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying, yes. yes. So... Crikey! We must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. By cutting off the teenage genitals and coming on our own faces with them. That is a masterful Australian accent. Hello, hello, Mary Poppins! <laughs>
<laughs> she was Australian. Not a lot of people know that. Hello, Mary Portwin. Get a look at you. I'm going to pop it right up you. A teenage channel. So some of the nice things that I've seen, mm. not that. <laughs> some of the nice things that I've seen yeah. for marriage equality, Coca-Cola. Uh-huh. Uh, they have released a new limited edition rainbow can. Okay. It's actually kind of nice. It just says love in like a nice script on it. And there's mm-hmm. a little rainbow heart. In well, the that's word part love. of the war on Christmas. Oh, I like suppose. the red Starbucks cups mm. were part of the ro- war on Christmas. Over on Reddit, somebody posted that they work at a print shop and their boss wanted to print a uh, hundred flyers to send out to counteract this horrible messaging. Sure. And uh, they're just trying to do some fundraising so that they could just send out these flyers at cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they fundraised, uh, crowdfunded via Reddit enough that they were able to send out 200,000 flyers. That's more than 100. That is more than 100. So I well can do done. that math in my head. And then finally, finally, mm-hmm. I've been complaining about some of the ads that they've put out in Australia. Because they stink. Because they stink. Yeah. So the first Yes to Marriage ad was literally just a shot of a doctor in her like examination room. with Surrounded by teenage genitals. <laughs> yes. Hanging on the walls like Everywhere. trophies. Look what I've got. I'm coming for you next, Mm -hmm. she says. No, it was just her talking about, like, we've got nothing to worry about. We don't teach anything weird in schools. Sure, which is true, but it's not going to scare people Mm -hmm. the way, horrible, the genitals are coming off, and you'll become sex-changed race pervert. Mm Mm-hmm. So, an ad that I think is a lot nicer. Now, I don't know how effective it's going to be, but just nicer yeah aired during the uh season finale of the bachelor i think or bachelorette one of those reality shows oh and it's 60 seconds Mm -hmm. and it just shows some nice music and it shows actual queer people getting married it's footage of people like being walked down the aisle and crying as they do their vows and mothers pinning corsages onto people's vests and just really nice oh isn't this sweet how emotional how lovely Mm -hmm. a marriage yeah and then at the end it says uh, every bachelor and bachelorette deserves a chance to walk down the aisle or something like that, or oh. deserves a happy ending. Tied right into the series. Exactly. The program. Oh, my goodness. And it just seems so revolutionary mm-hmm. to see actual queer people having a wedding in a commercial for marriage equality. Well, it... it, it- but for years, going back to, like, Prop 8 times, wasn't it clear that the thing that had the greatest impact was hearing queer people tell stories about why marriage mattered to them and just seeing queer people, you know, do the things any other couple that would want to get married do? Because it's, they're not, it, it, it I, I mean, look, it, there may be someone out there who wants to cut off teenage genitals. I'm not saying that person doesn't exist. There probably it's, is. It's Buffalo Bill or Buckaroo Bill from from the science Buckaroo Bonsai. Yes, is uh, in the sixth dimension with Leonard Part Six. Whoops, Bill Cosby. So actually, he may want to cut off genitals. I don't know what he's up to these days. <laughs> However, do you know Jamie Lee Curtis is in that movie? Well, that proves my point. And here we go. What was I thinking with my mind? Oh yeah, there may be. Somebody who wants to cut off teenage genitals. But most people who want marriage equality want the opportunity to be married, or at least (laughs) do not want their relationship to be considered a crime, or so fundamentally different from a heterosexual marriage that it is excluded from all of the systems of legitimacy for heterosexual relationships. Now, I think those systems are stupid. However, I don't think that that same-sex couples should be excluded from them on without any sort of rational basis. Just me saying that. So it seems like what we've learned here in the exceptional land of America is that when people see that the reason why people want marriage equality is because they want the opportunity to be 
married, or they just don't want to be excluded from the opportunity to be married. And you show them engaging in these same sorts of things that any couple that wants the opportunity to be married might engage in, uh, including a little <laughs> coital, but uh, maybe don't show that on the commercial. But uh, when you show these things, isn't that more persuasive than having experts be like, fairness, the dictionary describes fairness as a state of equality or egalitarian balance in which one side of the scale is not tipped by the nude titty of the Statue of Justice. That got interesting around the end, but no, that uh, memorable speech that we all remember, Bruce, the Australian the crocodiles. Oh, yeah, sure. Yep. Delivering. Uh, yeah. So just seeing queer people is uh, pretty moving. That's uh, the and second hearing, most... And hearing what they, what they yeah, yeah. care about. Yes, exactly. Uh, research is borne out that that is the second most effective way to move public opinion. The first most effective way is getting people to think about the queer people in their own lives, but that is very difficult to do to in a television mass medium, yes. yes. Unless it was like... How weird would it be if they did this incredible effort where it was like, Hey, you, Bruno, <laughs> you know, you know the poofter. You know the poofter down the bar, mate. He loves it up the bum, but he's your chum. Don't deny your chum a bum. Let him get married, <laughs> you fool. <laughs> Don't deny your chum a bum is the perfect, perfect slogan for marriage equality. It sure is. It may be the title of this episode. Oh, uh, put a ring on your dingus, uh-huh. a butt ring. On your on your donut hole. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we've said about enough. We've we, said too much, I think. You put a button on the ring. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, thank you for joining us yet again. Uh, you can, of course, always uh, let us know what you think on Twitter. You can leave a review on iTunes. You can get the Defining Marriage book at DividingMarriage.com. You can join us throughout the week for a little broadcasts of our video game experiences at Pretty Pretty Pixel. That's twitch.tv slash Pretty Pretty Pixel for some video game live streams and also my Let's Reads. Uh, and uh, If you're not a listener to Matthew's good podcast, The Sewers of Paris, oh, give it a listen because uh, in addition to some fine guests recently, there's also a bonus episode where you can listen in its entirety to the live show of Dungeons and Drag Queens. Yeah, give that a listen. Four drag queens on an adventure beyond your wildest fantasies. Yep, and we are planning future shows, so if you have feedback on that, please let us know. Uh, get in touch with me at Matt Baum or uh, sewerspodcast at gmail.com to uh, let me know what you think of our Dungeons & Drag Queens special episode that's in the Sewers of Paris, live, uh, Sewers of Paris feed right now. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to nag you about, but I don't think so. Mm. I think that's everything, James. Give your chum a bum. I've got to go make some food for myself because I'm very hungry. And uh, i got to cook those uh, teenager genitals before they go bad. They ripen so quickly. Yes, yes, the ripening of youth. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And by the power vested in me by the internet, I hereby pronounce this podcast over. 